So we're up to the Samach Beis, Amid Beis. Four lines from the bottom, the story of Rav Akiva. Four, four, five words to the end of the line. Rav Akiva raided Ben Kalba Savua. Rav Akiva was the shepherd of Ben Kalba Savua, who was a very, very wealthy Jew. His daughter noticed that he had very good midos. Now, the, the simple explanation is that at this point in his life, he wasn't really from. The truth is, Taisa says he was Shemr Taramitsis. He was just ignorant. Uh, but she noticed that he had good midas. So Taisus has the famous kasha, which is that the only thing we know about Rav Akiva from this era of his life was that he said that he would, if he if he met a rav, he would bite them like the bite of a donkey because it breaks the bones. So Taisus says that doesn't sound very uh, tznius. So Taisus explains that the reason why Rav Akiva said that is because he felt that the rabbonim at that time were looking down on the ignorant people, and not treating them nicely. So it wasn't coming from a it was coming from a place of actually loving. He felt that the Rabbanim were being haughty and not being respectful. So she noticed that he had good midos. But he was ignorant. So she said to him, She said to him, If we get married, will you go learn? So, yeah, he said, yeah. So so they got married privately because her, her father would not approve of this uh, wedding. Because she was the wealthy, like, she was set, gonna, probably going to be set up with the big Rosh Hashiva. But they got married privately. Vishadra say, um, and she sent it to Yeshiva. Now Shama Avua, when the father found out, Afkum say, she he kicked them out of the house, and Ojahano Minikseh, and she cut he cut them out of the will. So Azl Yosef Tresari Shneva Beirav, Rabbi Kiva learns for twelve years in Yeshiva. After twelve years, he's coming back with his twelve thousand students. Pashas, these are half of the students that he would eventually lose during the time period of Lag Boimer. Shemayelu Husaba, as they're coming, very impressive. It's 12,000 yid, and it's super, super quiet. They're, they're sneaking up. So, Saba de Kamerla, he overhears a Saba, which according to. No, Saba is an older person. It could be Eliyahu Novi, but I don't know. Adkama komedabris almonus chayim. He said to his wife. He said to the wife of Rav Akiva, "How long are you living a, the life of a living widow?" Meaning, uh, you know. I don't know because Saba, you have a lot of times. I, I made that up. No, but it's leading up to this conversation. I have no idea. I take that back. I, I made it up. So the Gemara says that uh, uh, anytime you deal with older men, and the Gemara is always like that. But anyway, so the kids are, so he says to her, so what, what, why, how long do you want to live as a living widow? So Amrle, she said, if he would listen to me, he should live 12 more years, he would learn 12 more years in yeshiva. So Amr Bishuska Vidna. So Rav Akiva, hearing this, doesn't even say hello to her. He says, oh, I have permission to go back. He goes back for 12 more years. The famous Rav Chaim Shmulevitz that every Bachar has always heard, which is, why doesn't he home? He should schmooze for an hour or two. And Rav Chaim Shmulevitz said, because 12 plus 12 is not 24. That, 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 uh, that learning Torah is like boiling water. It has to be straight. So Rav Akiva didn't want to take a break at all. Okay, fine. So he comes back after the 24 years with 24,000 students. So his wife hears and she goes out to greet them. So the neighbors say to her, you should wear something nice to meet your husband. He's a god of now. You should, you should wear something nicer. So she quoted the Pasuk that says that Tzadik knows the, the soul of his animal. Meaning, and the way Masha explains, he was a shepherd. He married me when he was a shepherd. He, he, he knows, he knows uh, he's, he's fine. He's happy with who I am. I don't have to be all fancy for him. This is, uh, it, it's, it's fine. So the Gemara says, 
exactly, it's the opposite. So, Kimata Lagabe, when, uh, when she met him, when she saw him, Nafal Apa, she falls on her feet to come and Ashkelet She started kissing his feet. I guess, you know, be impressed of who he became. So, so the Gabe start pushing her away. Maybe they didn't know who she was, or they knew who she was, and they thought she was acting crazy. So they started pushing her away. So Rav Akiva said the famous line, all of our Torah is hers. This is, uh, if you go to Tveria, this is over her kever, over Rachel's, uh, Rachel Eishas Rav Akiva's kever. It says, it also has an interesting uh, um, uh which is Agav, when you go to her kever, there's a sign that says outside, this was built in a way to allow Kehanim to enter. It, it's, it's on the building itself that it says it was built in such a way that Kehanim could enter. I'm not sure why. Anyway, so Shama Avu Da'asa So her father hears that a Chashavarav comes to town. He doesn't know it's her Vakiva. Now, the reason why he, so he goes to him because he says, He wants to, he's had Charata that he cut off his daughter from the estate. And he wants to be mater neder. So usually when you go to Tarasadam, you go to a big rav uh, who knows the halacha. So he said, I hear there's a rav in town. Let me go, let me go ask him if he, can, uh, if he can get me out of this neder that I cut my daughter and my, daughter, my son-in-law off. So Asalagabe, he goes to him again, not knowing Sarvakiva. So Rakiva says, right? When you're being Matar and Nether, a lot of times you give a Pesach. A Pesach means that you say to him, like, if you had all this information, would you still have done that? So Rav Akiva said, if you knew that your son-in-law was a chash of a person, would you have cut her off? So He said, no, he doesn't even have to be a chash of Rav. Even if I knew that he would learn one halacha, I, I wouldn't have done this. So Amr I know who. He says, I'm your son-in-law. He also comes and kisses his feet. Kabbalah Savua kisses Rav Akiva's feet. He I guess not. I guess not. I don't even know if he knew about it. The truth is, when he cut his daughter off, I don't know how much he knew about the, their, what was going on. So, I, I, I guess not. Oh, Rabbi Kiva knew who it was. Rabbi Kiva was walking through. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. That's a good job. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna especially with money. Okay, I'm gonna check that up. That's a good job. The but I guess he was cut off at that. Okay, it's interesting. It's a good job. I'm gonna check that up. So the point is, though. By the way, you see. Okay, but you could. By the way, you do see. By the way, you could see. You do see from here that we we do paskin. Evidently, I'll, I'll check up why you see that. That the, that the son-in-law can be mater and nether that's negay him. I'm saying it's just a shy of why it's allowed. But I'll, I'll check it up, Lee Nether. So, Viyohivla Palgamemaina, and the Makal Savua wrote half of his estate to, to Ravakiva. So the Gemara says, Barti de Ravakiva ben Azai Hachi. The daughter of Ravakiva did the same thing for Ben Azai. She also sent Ben Azai away to Yeshiva for a long time, which, by the way, if you know the history of Ben Azai, it kind of, not backfired, but Benazai was right. so learned in yeshiva, he actually never came back. Um, he, he got divorced because well, he... Well, Benazai ben was Rabbi Kiva's son-in-law. He also had no background? No, 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 no. Just the concept of sending him away for 24 years, right. that, that, that Rabbi Kiva's daughter also did for her husband. The only difference is that with Benazai, he never came back. <laughs> right? The Gemara says that they never, he either never got married or he got divorced, but he never was with his wife because he was too... He was too involved in learning. So it, it, this is the story of that. So the Gemara says, <laughs> This will say, <laughs> Rachila basa Rachila azla kuv de ima kachuv de barta. 
you have a big sheep and a small sheep. The small sheep follows its mother, meaning just like Rav Akiva's mom, or Rav Akiva's wife sent him away, so to Rav Akiva's daughter sent his husband away as well. One more story about the, you know, sitting and learning. It's interesting. Rav Yosef Rav Yosef. So Rav Yosef's son, Rav Yosef, the son of Rava, was sent to learn in yeshiva after he got married. Now, Paschal Shishni, it was decided that he would sit and learn for six years after marriage. Kevitz Lashni, three years in, Matli Mali Yom Kippur, it's Erev Yom Kippur, Amr Ezel, the Chassinul in Shibesi, I want to go home for a day, I want to see my family. Now, this was not part of the deal. So, Shama Avua, so his father hears that he's coming home, very unhappy. Shakul Mana, he comes out with a weapon, Vinafal Hape. He goes out with him with some sort of weapon. You remember that you had a Zaina that you wanted to meet? Meaning, what are you, what are you doing here? Yeah, you, you wanted to be with a woman? What are we talking? And some say, or some say that he, he said, do you remember your dove? Meaning, you remembered your wife. You, you, you're supposed to be learning. And, <laughs> I don't know, it's a funny story. Itrid, they got into an argument, the father and son, and both missed the last meal before Yom Kippur. They both, they both were, the, the argument... I guess took so long that they didn't end up eating. That's a little uh, interesting story. Okay, new halacha. This is back to the regular scheduled programming. Um, okay. So, Mishnah says like this. Hamiredis al-Baila, if a wife rebels against her husband. Now, we'll have to define this in a minute. I'll just spoil it for you. It either means a woman who doesn't do the seven, seven labors that are established in the previous Mishnah, or it means a woman who refuses to have relations with her husband. Wh- whichever one, if she refuses, so um, Chazal would penalize her. Now, we're going to see, obviously, we're talking about a case where, the Gemara is going to clarify, we're talking about a case where she doesn't hate, uh, she, 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 uh, it's not that she's unhappy in her marriage, it's she hates her husband and she wants him to see him squirm. Meaning, this is not talking about a scenario where she's just unhappy and she's like, I'd like to get divorced. This is where she's like, I hate that guy. I'm going to watch him squirm. No, no, we're talking about, the Gemara's going to clarify. We're talking about a woman who says, I hate my husband, I want him unhappy, and I want to see him burn. So she refuses to have relations or refuses to work the house because she just wants his life to be in shambles. So Chazal would penalize her. Now, they would penalize her as follows. Every day they would deduct a small amount of money from her ksuba. Right, the money that, that there's two there's two elements of ksuba. There's the money that she's going to get the two hundred zuz and the dowry she brought in. Both get deducted. Shiva dinar b'shabes seven dinars a week, so a dinar a day, which is a decent amount of money, but not so much. That way, it would deduct. She'd feel it, but it would give them enough time. Like they don't want to just deduct everything in one day because then it won't give them enough time to like negotiate. Rav Yehuda Imer Shiva Tarpikin. Rav Yehuda says seven Tarpikin. Okay. Different type of currency. How much would they deduct it? The Tanakama says they would deduct it until the value of the Ksuba. Meaning, let's say her value of her Ksuba is $1,000. So they would deduct it for $1,000. Once they go past that, they're going to stop. Then they just get divorced. Rav Yossi says, no. Rav says, no. You keep going. You keep going until she, 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 uh, she stops this, uh, you know, this action. And if it means going past the value of the Ksuba, she owes him money. She's going into debt now. So it's a machlegas of whether we do it, ad kedekach that she'll have to go into debt. Okay, it's a machlegas. By the way, the same thing. If the, husband, if the husband rebels against the wife, 
right? Let's say it's uh, relations. So if the husband also rebels against the wife, he also refuses to have relations, then we penalize him three dinar in a week. That he has to add to the ksuba three dinar in a week. Again, review this says three tarpikin. Okay, fine. Now, what, what, what does it mean that she rebels? What does she refuse to do? So it's a machlekes. Ravuna says, Tasha she refuses to have relations with her husband. No, it's not relations. It means she refuses to do the seven labors, the seven chores that were delineated in the previous Mishnah. Okay, so what does it mean, rebel? Now, here's the problem. It says in the end of the Mishnah that if the husband rebels, he also gets penalized. Now, if it's relations, I understand that. He's supposed to have relations with his wife. If he doesn't, it's a rebellion. But if, it's, if the rebellion is her not doing her chores, he doesn't have chores to do, right? She has chores to do. He doesn't. So what does it mean that if he rebels, he gets penalized? What rebellion? If rebellion is relations, withholding relations, then it's possible. It's a two-way street. She could do it and he could do it. But if rebellion is her not doing her household chores, he doesn't have household chores. So what does it mean that he rebels against the wife? So the Gemara says... You know what it means that he doesn't do his household chores? It means he's not supplying her with food. That's what it means. So if the husband doesn't supply her with food, that's when they penalize. Okay. Wait, wait. So you're telling me that if the husband refuses to give her food, we penalize each week. Yeah, we add three three dinar in each week. But doesn't the Bryce say that if a husband refuses to give his wife food, we force him to get divorced? So you tell, is, uh, do we force him to get divorced? Do we penalize him? So which one is it? The answer is both. The answer is we penalize him to give him time to fix his actions. And if he doesn't do it in the time that Chazal feel is appropriate, then we force him to get divorced. The answer is both are right. We penalize him until a point where Chazal say, this isn't working, now we're going to start beating you. But we do start with, we don't start, if the guy says on a Monday, I'm refusing to give my wife food, we're not going to say on Tuesday, we'll divorce her. That, that's, we're going to say, okay, well, we're going to give you a couple months, we're going to penalize you each week, and if you still, hopefully you'll come back to your senses. Yeah, we're not talking about onus, we're not talking about illness, we're not talking about inability to get jobs. No, we're talking, we're talking about, about people that just want to see the world burn. That's it. Right. So the Gemara continues. The Gemara is going to clarify this in the next moment. May so have a kasha. The halacha is that if a woman refuses to, to it, it, she rebels. Again, a machlekes, either rebellion is refusing tashmish or refusing to do labor. It says that the rebellion and the penalization applies whether she's an erisa, whether she's an asua, whether she's a nido, whether she's a chayla, whether she's a shemeres yavim. All these, it's the same halacha. Now the Gemara speaks it out. I'll read the, the, the brackets, the parentheses. Kash is like this. If you're telling me that rebellion means refusing to have tashmish, a nida who refuses, she gets penalized. She can't have tashmish anyway. So what does it matter? So you, so you have a nida, they can't live together anyway for the next week. And during that week, she says, I refuse. So we're going to start penalizing her? What's the, why? It must be the penalize, that, that the rebellion is not because of Tashim, because it works. The answer is no. The answer is, really, rebellion means refusing Tashmish. And we are going to penalize you if a nida refuses Tashmish. I, they can't have Tashmish anyway. The answer is, 
It, it, you can't compare by her refusing. That's different. It's one thing like a, a husband can sort of wrap his brain around the fact that Hashem, you know, that right now she can't because of biologically fine, but when she refuses, that's already a psychologically hard thing because then in your mind, you're like, it's going to continue past it. For that alone, we penalize. Yikada Amri? So that's, I think, from the Ga'inim. I think it was from the times of the Ga'inim, right after the Gemara. So, Meisar have a Ikadamri. Some have a different version. Go to the next page. That's a bomb kasha. One of the women who rebels that we give a penalizing her is if she's sick. So the Gemara says, I understand, even a sick woman could have relations with her husband, right? If you're not feeling it, you still have relations. But if it means to not do her chores, if she's sick, she doesn't have to do her chores. So the Gemara answers the same thing. The answer is like this. If you refuse Tashmish, everyone agrees that that's considered a rebellion. The Machlaikis is whether refusing chores is also a rebellion. So when one opinion says refusing chores and one opinion says Tashmish, everyone agrees Tashmish, refusing Tashmish, is a rebellion. The machlekes is whether refusing chores is also a rebellion. So when this brisa re- is referring to refusing tashmish, it's not a kasha. Everyone agrees refusing tashmish is considered a rebellion. The machlekes is whether refusing malacha is also a rebellion. That's the machlekes. But everyone agrees refusing tashmish is a rebellion. So when the brisa implies refusing tashmish, that's according to everybody. The machlekes is whether refusing malacha alone is also cause of a rebellion. Okay, Gufa. Let's analyze this price that we just quoted. Hamiredis al If a woman rebels against her husband, in la miksuvasa b'shabis. We deduct from miksuva seventeen arm a week. Fine. Now that was the basic opinion, but Rabbi Seinu Chazer the Chazal then changed their mind and they said, the Bryce says they changed their mind. Originally, it was 17 dinar in a week. Now, 17 dinar in a week, I'm not, you know, it depends, obviously it also depends on the dowry. That could last months, right? Because if you have 200 zuz, which is, I think, like 800 dinars, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to last you a long time. Chazal then changed their mind, and they said, you know, we're not doing this. We're giving her four Shabbosim, where we're going to make announcements publicly that she's refusing her husband, and then after four Shabbosim, she loses it all in one, in one stop. So instead of a slow little trickle each day, we're just going to do four weeks and then it's over. We're just going to lose the entire ksuba in one foul swoop after four weeks. That was what Chazal changed their mind. That was the, the second opinion. The Gemara then continues, The rebellion is caused for penalization, whether she's an Erisa, whether she's an Asua, whether she's a Nida, whether she's a Chayla, she marries Yavim, fine. So the Gemara says, Rebellion means refusing Tashmish. We had this on the previous summit. And Anida who refuses Tashmish, she gets penalized. But wait, she can't have Tashmish anyway. She can't be with her husband anyway. Difference is that in someone's mind, they know that it's possible. She goes to the mikvah, she'll be okay. But now once she said no, it's already mentally uh, causes more anguish to the husband. Okay. We said that Chazal changed it, that the Rabbanon changed it. So instead of penalizing each day a little bit, they would announce for four weeks in a row, and then she loses the entire ksuba in one foul sweep. Says the Gemara, the announcement has to be in shul, because that's where people are. Meaning it has to be a public announcement. Now again, this is not referring to a woman 
who's unhappy in her marriage. This is referring to a vindictive woman who wants to see her husband squirm. That's a very important point because there are many women that were unhappy in their marriage and, and one of the only tools they had were probably like, I'm refusing to work, I'm refusing to ask that, That's not what we're referring to. Chazal would never publicly disgrace them if they're just in an unhappy marriage. Adarabah, we would probably get, we're going to see, we, we would, we're going to see, we're going to try to get involved to probably end the marriage or reconcile the marriage, whatever. It's, it's different. What, what do you mean illness? You keep on saying illness. What do you mean? Like a mental illness? Physical. No, obviously, if, if she can't have Tasha because she's sick, that's not what we're talking about. That no one or, has a taina. We're, again, we're talking about a woman who's saying, I hate my husband. I want to see him squirm. That, that's the point. That, that's the point. I'm not, not, not I, I don't like him anymore. Not I'm unhappy. I want to see that guy squirm. So it's a different, it's a different. The announcement is what? To force her hand to stop this. Chazal felt that she's doing this out of vindictiveness alone, not because she's unhappy. She's just she's just in the middle of a fight and she's being vindictive. So Chazal want her to stop. So the different at first they thought the penalty of a little bit each day, and then they're like, no, we're just going to publicly announce it for a month. So the Gemara says, That's why they announce it on Shabbos because Shabbos is where people are. Shmamina. Now Amir Rami Bar now, what they would also do is they would go to her house and tell her, hey, we're, before they would announce and right after they would announce, they would say, hey, we're about to announce, do you want to stop? And then after they announced, they would just say, we announced, would you like to stop? And they would do that for four weeks. Now, and that's the halacha that they would announce for a month and then cancel the ksuba in one fell swoop. Rava said about this halacha, again, who was this? This was Rav Nachman Bar of Chizda said the halacha follows Rabbi Senu that instead of a little bit of dinner each week, they would just do the announcement thing for a month and cancel. Rav said, Hi Borchahu. Rav said, Incorrect ruling. We do not do that. Meaning, that halacha that you said, incorrect. So the Gemara says, Amr Le Rav Nachman Bar of Yitzchak, my Borcha. Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, What's wrong about it? I know I'm recently loved. I've heard the same thing from a great man, Amr Rav Yosi Berchanina. I heard from Yosi Berchanina the same thing that instead of a trickle, we, we just do a month and then we cancel all things. So what's incorrect about it? So so why did Rava feel it was incorrect? Because Rava said the name of Rav Rava felt that what's inappropriate about this whole month thing is that meaning we want to give her time to reconcile. Again, you're dealing with a, a couple that's clearly it's not going well, right? There's clearly a lot of unhealthiness in this, that she's doing this vindictively. Now, if you do the whole month thing and then just cancel it, you're not giving a lot of time to actually make the marriage work. You're basically ending the marriage because you're going to give it one month. She's probably going to dig her heels in because now she's embarrassed. And then after a month, Ksuba's removed, you've got to get divorced. So you're basically ending the marriage. Huh? True, but, but the point is, Rava feels that we actually want to give her time to... to to talk it out, to try to make it work. Realistically, more likely that you'll make it work by just a small trickle of money each day that could last six months than just, hey, I'm going to announce in front of all your friends that we're not, that we're not together anymore. And that, you're, you're basically blowing it up. So Rava felt that was, is not a good idea because you're basically you're going to the atom bomb. So it's not a good idea. Says the Gemara. But we have a different version of Rav Sheshesh. No, we don't, we don't, we don't look at... No, yeah, we, we do blow this up. Like, we're not going to... So that's the Shiloh. Are we trying to... Are we trying to basically, like, big threat, make it end, 
or are we going to try to actually make this work? And depending on how you hold it, that would dictate what the response is. Hechidami meredes. Now the Gemara speaks this out. Now this is a very long taisis, but I'll just read the Gemara and Rashi. What is an example of a woman who rebels that we are going to try to force her to stop? So says the Gemara. She says, I like, I want to be married, but I want him to squirm. So it's it's not that she's unhappy in her marriage and she's trying to get her out. She's like, no, I, I don't want to get divorced. I want to be married. But he's going to suffer for what he did. So that's the type of vindictiveness that we're going to get involved. So says the Gemara, But if she says, I hate my husband, I, I don't want to be married anymore, then we actually don't get involved. Look at Rashi. She, by the way, she does lose her ksuba because we do feel that this is not the appropriate approach, but we do understand it, and then we just get them to get divorced. Yeah. Meaning, yeah, we, we, don't, we don't do the whole month thing or the trickle... Let's just get them divorced, but she does forfeit her ksuba, which is interesting. Now, Marzutra or Markafinala. Marzutra says, no, even in a case where she says, I'm disgusted by my husband, we actually try to get them to reconcile and we force her to reconcile for a little bit. Now, the Gemara says, Uvda, the story goes that there was a woman who uh, was disgusted by her husband. The ikva marzutra and they force and marzutra forced them to stay together. masura and Rav Chanina masura was the child of such a union. So you see that if a tzaddik is born, it was clearly the rotsan Hashem. But says the Gemara, nope, hasam siyadishmaihu. It's actually not the rotsan Hashem. That that was just it, it was siyadishmaihu that that case it worked out. But in general, if a woman says that she's disgusted by her husband, she doesn't want to be together, we're, we're going to cancel the marriage. We're not going to play games. So we're just going to get them to get divorced. The gem- well, the siyata d'shmaya. Well, the It's interesting. It was that it worked out in that case, basically. It's, but this is not something that's replicable. That to, to do this on a more common basis. Let me see if Rashi says siyata d'shmaya. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, just to end off the story, Kalsi de Ravzvid, the daughter-in-law of Ravzvid, Imrida, she rebelled against her husband. Rashi says Amr Mosalai. Rashi says this was not a case. So Zvid's daughter-in-law was rebelling against her husband, but this is not a case where she says, I want my su- husband to suffer. I want out. So the Shaila is like this. The question is, do we force her to lose her ksuba when she wants out? So we sort of had a Shaila before, right? Meaning when she, we know that there's a concept that we penalize her from her ksuba like slowly, the trickle, the whole trickle thing, or a month and the whole thing's canceled. That's in a case where a woman says, I, I hate my husband, I, I, I'm happy to be married, I just want him to suffer. But if she says, I want out, the question is, do we then do the trickle thing? Pastures not, but the Gemara is going to say it's a sort of a machloikas. The Gemara says, the daughter-in-law of Zavid Imra, she rebelled, havatzvisa chad shira. She grabbed, I guess she was running out of the house, whatever it was, she grabbed a, a silk dress. Now, this silk dress was part of her ksuba. So the question is, is it uh, deducted? Is it, is, does she, is it confiscated? Now, so the Gemara says, Yosef HaMemer Azutra Rav Ashi, Yosef Rav Gamda Kabayu. So they're sitting in front of Rav Gamda. Yosef Gamda Marda Hesidu Baleseha Kayomen. So that they say that if she rebels, she still holds on to her, her clothing. So because Rav Zvid, uh, you know, meaning this is the daughter-in-law of Rav Zvid, so you're trying to be nice to Rav Zvid because you want to be nice to his daughter-in-law. It's a son also, but whatever. You're trying to be nice that uh, you're saying that she keeps her dresses. No. 
The Gemara says, Amr Avkana mi boi boi rova v'loya poshit. I'm sorry, hifsi the boi sa kayamen. She actually loses her, her, her dress. So they said that she loses the dress, that it's confiscated. So they said, yeah, because he said, you want to be nice to Rizvid? Because Rizvid's son is then the one who's, who's, who's his daughter-in-law is rebelling against. So he said, the, the halacha is that we're unclear whether she loses her ksuba in such a scenario, and because we're unclear, we're not going to confiscate it. So, Ikadamri and some have a different version of what happened, which is, According to this version, they actually said, she doesn't forfeit the ksuba, and Amr of Gamda, go to the next page, because Rezvid is such a chash of a rav, he's not going to disagree with you, but what you're saying is incorrect. So it's unclear whether she loses the ksuba in this case. Again, not just lose it at the end. She loses it at the end. The question is, does she forfeit slowly the trickle? So it says the Gemara, because we're not sure what the halach is. If she grabs the clothing, we're not going to take it away from her. But if she doesn't take the clothing, um, we're not going to give it to her. Okay, fine. And we'll pick this up. Uh, we'll pick this up from tomorrow. All right, we'll stop here. Recording stopped.